0: This is another NBA Finals edition of the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Chris Schmedeke. I am joined by my dynamic duo and Vinny Benedetto and Tyler King to break down Game 3 of the NBA Finals as the Denver Nuggets take a 2-1 lead. Stay tuned. Denver Nuggets are up 2-1 in the NBA Finals after an outstanding performance by a uh well, we could either call it the triple double game. We could call it the Christian Brown game. I think we call it a statement game, maybe even a little bit. But I am joined by my triple double duo and Vinny Benedetto and Tyler King. Vinny, how's South Beach?
1: Yeah, I was just telling you guys it, it just rained a whole bunch, but other than that, it's it's great. We've got a uh, great accommodations, uh, walking distance from the arena. So um, if I get some fish tacos in me before I'm out of here, I'll, I'll be I'll be happy.
0: Sounds like a good time. And Tyler's back here with me back in Denver. But Tyler, how you doing? I'm great. Uh, I petitioned
2: to call it the uh, Jamal Jokic have their version of the Shaq Kobe uh, game. I think that's my, what I would describe uh, Game Three as is Jamal and Jamal and Joker with the Shaq their Shaq Kobe impression, the best one we've ever seen. I think.
0: Yeah, it, it was pretty unbelievable last night as the Nuggets take Game Three win by 15, um, you know, it was tied for the first quarter, but then the Nuggets pretty much dominated the rest of the game and Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic were great. And, you know, you talked about Shaq and Kobe. I think there was plenty of comparison, comparisons to them on social media. There was also an amazing stat I saw that they outscored the heat starters or, or it was very close, like in scoring and rebounds and, and, and assists. Like it was, it was very close. So, That's pretty amazing. But before we get to their individual performances, Vinny, I want to ask you, this is a whole, how important was that game as the Nuggets?
1: Oh, I think it was massive. I think that should give them a bunch of confidence that if they come in and play the right way, play with the requisite intensity, that that they're just a more talented team than the Heat are right now. They probably have more options than the Heat. So you look at, you know, look back to game two and, and all of the lack of communication, defensive miscues, I think, as long as the Nuggets don't have another game like that in game four, they've got a pretty good shot at having an opportunity to close this thing out in five at home.
0: So, and Tyler, and I noticed this on TV, and we've seen this with the Nuggets all postseason. there's the tiniest bit of adversity and they bounce back and they win big in that next game.
2: Yeah, it was the perfect response, I think. And it kind of, after some of the panic maybe from game two, I think this was the perfect uh, palate cleanser for Nugget fans in terms of just Getting to see why we all thought, especially the three of us, all picked Nuggets and five before the series. I think that was a kind of a perfect uh, example of that last night with just the way the Nuggets played, um, just outplaying the Heat in every aspect of the game, um, energy, shot making, just any aspect you you could really describe. Uh, the Nuggets were just clearly better last night, and I think it was, uh, like I said, a good palate cleanser for Nuggets fans after um, finally seeing this team lose at Ball Arena for the first time, but. Um, they're still clearly better than this heat team, as, as they proved last night.
0: It's pretty amazing because I watched some of the ESPN pregame and they all picked the heat to win game three, and it just shows how I, I, I swear they don't pay attention to what the Nuggets have been doing. Like Phoenix ties them at two, they roll them in two straight games. They the Lakers figure them out in game one and two, and then they go to LA and win twice. I it's pretty amazing, but let's talk individual performances because. Like I said, they had two triple-doubles from Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Let's talk about Nikola first. This, you know, every, oh, make him a scorer, make him a scorer. Well, he did everything last night. And, Vinny, I, I feel like that may have been his most complete playoff game we've seen in a long time.
1: Yeah, it's got to be up there. And one thing that isn't getting talked about a lot, you know, obviously the the first 30-20-10 game in NBA NBA Finals history – Uh, deserves plenty of airtime but I I saw a stat today where um, defensively Bam Adebayo was one for 10 when Nicola was the primary defender and that's just like and again you know to the to the national narratives of him not being a very good defender I think that just kind of is an eye test thing where people are just relying too much on you know he doesn't he doesn't jump two feet off the ground to swat a shot into the third row, but there's positional defense, there's organizing, there's communication. Um, so I think that was, that was also a really big part of, you know, a massive game from him. Obviously 21 rebounds goes a long way for the Nuggets, just dominating the battle on the glass. And so I think, you know, the points and the assists are are awesome. You know, if you're a Nuggets fan, it's super impactful, but um The work he did defensively, I think, is is going a bit underappreciated. And so, yeah, to your point, I think it is probably one of the more complete playoff games we've seen Nikola put together in the past five years.
0: And the rebounding thing, like, would they end up out-rebounding them by 28 or something like that? 25, yeah. I mean, the Nuggets just dominated the boards all night because, again, I mean, so he had 21. Murray had 10. Uh, Did Aaron Gordon have 10 as well? Because I think Aaron Gordon had double-double. Aaron Gordon had 10. Yeah, and then Michael Porter Jr. had seven, and we'll talk about his offensive struggles in a little bit. But, uh, all right, so let's talk about Jamal Murray, Tyler, and I'll go to you. Um, He's had 10 assists in all three games. Um, He, you know, it was the big talk that, oh, they were going to have Jimmy Butler guard him, but it seemed like Caleb Martin was on him more last night than Jimmy Butler. It really seems like when Jamal Murray has a game like he did in game two, the next game he comes out and he's ready to go, and he's scoring 12 points in the first quarter no matter what.
2: Yeah, the one thing that kind of stuck out to me was I was looking at the box score this morning, and I was like, Jamal Murray had seven turnovers, and I didn't really even notice. It was like, I mean, most of them were in the fourth quarter, um, just some bad passes, and he traveled once, and I think he stepped out of bounds once and had that offensive foul late, but like, it didn't seem at all like it was a sloppy game from Jamal Murray. It didn't feel like. um, Obviously, you mentioned the 10 assists, first player, I think, in finals history to have um three yeah. straight or the first three games of the series with 10 uh, assists in each um yeah I mean his his playmaking has been at another level and I think it's most of it I think is due to the fact that they're just running the Murray Jokic pick and roll like nonstop. so I mean it doesn't it's really not that much of a surprise I think I mean the numbers are gaudy like it's Really impressive, but the amount that those two guys are involved in the offensive action on every possession, um, is pretty staggering at this point. But it's working obviously because, um, they're not getting much else from the rest of the guys on offense, so they've got to keep just spamming the, your Murray Jokic pick and roll, and uh, they're getting a lot of points out of it. So might as well keep going to it. Both those guys are playing off each other well, um, distributing back and forth to each other, and they're just in a good rhythm.
0: It, it was really funny because watching the game here, I, I said something to my son like. I don't remember either of those guys ever going out. I know they did sit out at some point, but, you know, they played both 44 minutes, was it? It was a 44, 45, something like that. But, I mean, they were just on the court all the time, and I know that's how the finals go, but it it, it was – I mean, they have the ball in their hands every play, the two of them. And, you know, the seven turnovers, yeah, I felt like it was all pretty late, nothing real costly. But – so let's talk about them as a duo. I know that's uh, that's very first takey of me, but, um, you know – where do they rank as a duo? Like, and I don't even mean in a regular season. I feel like their best work as a duo and Vinny, I'll go to you first is in the playoffs because when they're in the playoffs together, they're pretty damn good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to steal another stat from somebody else and I can't remember who, so apologies to whoever I'm stealing from here, but um it's like Jamal Murray's scoring average from the regular season to the postseason is eight points, 8.5 points greater in the playoffs. I saw
0: that too. Yeah. And,
1: and Joker's number two on that list, a few points behind them in terms of them both being playoff risers and, and guys who have been able to elevate their game in the playoffs. And I think that's, that's super impactful. Um, and so, yeah, when you get into historic duos, I think, you know, you, um, Tyler made a good point with with the Kobe Shaq comparison in terms of, you know, obviously Shaq and Nicola approach their positions differently. Um, but I think there's a lot of Kobe and Jamal and just kind of the way he attacks some of the mid range stuff, the, the step backs, that kind of stuff, ability to score at all three levels, um, but maintaining that mid range game. So I think that's probably the easiest place to start. Like, I don't see like, like Jamal Murray's not John Stockton for for as much as the yeah. passer. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, so like I, I think Kobe and Shaq is a good place to start, as crazy as that sounds. Like that still sounds crazy to me. I don't know why, but I think that's a that's a good place to start with those two together.
0: Well, they don't hate each other, so that's helpful. Uh Jamal that's and good. Nicola. So that that's helpful. But um, what about in the league now, Tyler? What what do you think they rank? You know, it, it's tough because you know, a lot of people talk about Booker and Durant, but they played what? 25 games together I guess Tatum and Brown are up there like, like who, who would you put up there who, I mean because right now they're number one because they're in the finals and they're two wins away from the title
2: yeah Booker Durant is definitely up there I think they're gonna kind of take the league by storm a little bit next season um, once they get playing with each other a little bit more um, but yeah it's I mean that's I think it's crazy because all the comparisons are historical right now because there really isn't anything like what Jamal and Djokic have right now in the league. I mean, a lot of the duos you mentioned are kind of like Tatum and Brown, um, who have had their own share of success and struggles um at various levels throughout the playoffs, um, especially this year, kind of Jalen Brown falling apart falling apart in these Finals. Um, I don't know if there's a there's another duo that kind of stacks up to um Jamal, Jamal and Joker right now. I mean, I think the Kyle Lowry brought it up earlier in the finals and brought it up again, the uh Tim Duncan Tony Parker yeah. comparison is really really good um, and same same thing goes with the the Shaq Kobe comparisons. Um, let's see the Nuggets win three titles over the next five years before those become like legitimate <laughs> yeah. conversations. But I think the the sentiment is that they kind of the way they're playing right now and especially last night just kind of reminds us of the the dominant duos that we've seen in the past. And I, I was personally always a huge fan growing up of Tim Duncan and Tony Parker. I just love the the Spursian way of playing. Um, you know, throwing Monitor Noble in there. We'll see. Maybe Christian Brown turns into that uh, <laughs> after his game three performance. But uh yeah, I mean, uh it's it's been really cool to see them kind of develop and kind of reach the spotlight and you know, enjoy the spotlight together, um, and kind of both elevate their games at the perfect time, which you don't always see across the league. Sometimes you see one star player um has a good series and the other struggles. Um, if for those kind of star duos that are across the league but these two guys seem to always be playing their best uh in, at the same time in the playoffs
0: yeah it, let's go to christian brown because that was i mean he just came in and he took the game over and i know there's going to be debate about playing him more we can get to that in a little bit but benny you know he have you ever seen a, a rookie like that come in and just change a playoff game like that it was it was a sight to behold because it was crazy
1: yeah i'm sure there's there are examples out there and given my Cleveland fanhood growing up, I like Booby Gibson was the first name to come to mind, but those were some pretty, uh, uh, LeBron didn't have a ton of help those days. Yeah. So those, those things were not great. Yeah. There's a, they're a little easier. Just ask path. Michael Malone. <laughs> there's a little easier path to contribution there, but I think what was most impressive about Christian's night was you know, obviously he makes seven of eight shots, but just the movement that allowed him to make all of those shots, like all of his made shots came inside the restricted area. And when Miami's in that zone that has kind of clunked up Denver's offense at times, I think that kind of movement has been invaluable just given Nicola a, a release valve because, you know, when, when that heat zone has disrupted Denver the most, it's like, they they, they're able to get the ball to Nicole at the free throw line, but there's just not enough going on elsewhere. Um, And I think Christian did a great job of uh, making the right cut at the right time. And, you know, if you do that, Nicole is going to feed you over and over and over again. Um, So, yeah, I don't know if, if, you know, that is enough to to warrant shaking up the rotation. I don't think you mess with the starting five by any means. I don't know if you can siphon off a few Bruce Brown minutes, if he's not going to be, um, super productive. I think you largely keep things the same, but that is not to diminish what Christian gave him last night. Cause that was, that was massive from him.
0: We always get the Reggie Jackson one minute to whatever it was last night, which I, that was funny on the broadcast. I don't know if Tyler, if you were, you were watching the broadcast, like Van Gundy was like Reggie Jackson's at the score table. He was shocked. It was pretty funny. Um, but the thing with Christian Brown and, and Tyler, I'm going to ask you about this. He is a confident guy when he gets it going. I mean, He went right at Jimmy Butler. He tried to dunk over Bam on that one. I think he got fouled on the floor, but he was going to go try to dunk over Bam. He went over Lowry and when Lowry fouled him, like when he's going, I mean, I think that winning mentality of his really shows and it helps him be a very confident rookie on a team that's two wins away from the title.
2: Yeah. I mean, his role certainly helps and just kind of knowing exactly what the team needs from him. And it isn't a whole lot at this point. It is kind of, just that aggression on both sides of the ball attacking um, finding like Vinny mentioned a lot about how um, how much his cutting has been impactful at various times of season and none more than, than last night, but um, just the aggression we've seen him play on the defensive end as well on just hounding guys like Duncan Robinson, like he did in the first half of game two, he's doing a little bit of that last night as well on whoever he was guarding. So, um, cause I think he had another, the, another pick six last night, another pick six steal. Yep. Um, So, you know, those are, we've seen those plays, time and time again throughout the regular season with him. But um, yeah, I mean, he's just a confident guy because he knows his role. He knows exactly what this team is asking of him and it isn't too much um, on, on the rookie's plate. And, you know, it's kind of similar, not, it's not as it's similar to what he had to go with in his first year at Kansas, when he was also not starting there and just kind of providing the spark he needed to off the bench as a good athlete. He's always been a really good athlete and um, has always had that intensity and aggression about him. So perfect role for him which he's talked about time and time again um and you know he's doing exactly what the Nuggets need from him right now
0: real quick to stay on him because Vinny you had the story about Calvin Booth uh that ran just a couple days ago it seems like Calvin Booth knew what he was doing by bringing some of these guys in yeah yeah and
1: one of those things I appreciated about my time with Calvin is I asked him you know about you know infusing the roster with some defensive chops and he kind of took a step back and was like, I think we're making a bit much of the defensive um, additions, but he kind of corrected me. and was like, I really care about positional size. Um, And that's something where, where Christian, I think is is a pretty solid example. And Peyton Watson, I think is a solid example of guys who are six, seven, six, eight, and can play the two or the three. And I think, you know, the way we see the NBA going, you know, it's just a lot of a lot of size and skill where it's just like you don't see many six foot, six foot one point guards, you know, making an impact this time of year. Um, so yeah, I think that that size is certainly impactful in terms of rebounding and defending. And, you know, that if you can do those two things pretty well. I think that gives you a pretty high floor in terms of being a player and a team as a whole, if you can, if you can rebound and get stops.
0: Christian probably guards, Jimmy Butler, even second best after Aaron Gordon on the team, he, I mean, at least he gets a hand in his face when Jimmy, but I mean, Butler's making those shots a lot, but at least he, he does get a hand in his face. All right. So let's switch to, uh, I guess the one thing that everybody is is negative about right now, and that's Michael Porter jr. Shooting and just his, I mean, he did have seven boards last night. So th- there was, he was engaged there for a bit, but his shots just not going down. What is he now? Three for 17, 19, 19, three for 19, three, three for 19. Um, you know, he had did he have like a layup last night? I can't remember the one shot he made last night.
1: It was there was like a loose ball and oh yeah, he just kind of found him under the basket and he just put it up real quick and made it.
0: Yeah, so I mean the fact that they're up two one with him scoring single digits is is pretty as uh, is a testament to what Nicole and Jamal Murray have done. But but Tyler, I'll go to you. You know, we talked last time about running a play for him, which I think they kind of did try early on and he missed a shot. I mean, he has to contribute in other ways right now because the shot is clearly not falling.
2: Yeah. They, I think it was literally the, one of the first offensive plays of the game. Um, Jokic just sets a screen for him off ball and he comes up top and he misses, a, uh, misses a three. I mean, it's a shot we've seen to make time and time again, but yeah, it's just one of those cold streaks and that's how it is for shooters. Sometimes they come at the right time. Sometimes they come at the wrong times. Um, but he, like Vinny was saying earlier, I don't think they should really change up the starting five at this point. I think you got to roll with what's got you there. And maybe that just means playing, kind of seeing how Mike starts out the game. And if he's not, doesn't have it again, you just play him 21 minutes like you played last night. Um, and you keep playing Bruce Brown close to 30 minutes like he was again last night, even though he only made one shot, Bruce Brown on offense, I was still thought he was really impactful on both ends of the floor. And, you know, there's, there's still reason to believe he's, one of the nuggets he's clearly been one of the nuggets, best five or four players in the series and in most series that they've had so far. Um, and same with Christian Brown, you can give him a little bit more minutes as well. I think he played 19 only two less minutes than MPJ last night. So um, just kind of feel it out early on and see if he's got it. Um, I didn't think he was that bad defensively at all last night. I mean, the nuggets in general played just an excellent game defensively, just about, yeah. I, I think everybody on the team had, a, had an above average, uh, game uh, defensively and just really made things uh, made life tough on the heat overall. Um, so I, I'm obviously not going to knock him there, but he's known for his shooting and he hasn't done any of that in the first three games, but um, give him another shot game four, maybe run another play for him early. See if he can get hot. Cause I mean, they're going to, I feel like they're going to need a shooting at some point in the series, maybe not with how Jamal and Joker keep playing, but it feels like at some point they're going to need him hit him a him to hit a big shot late uh in one of these games so might as well get his confidence up early
0: yeah coach malone was on the altitude radio this morning and he laughed about switching the starting five so i don't think that i i cannot imagine that's anywhere in the plans but vinny i i think and i feel this i wonder if you feel this way too i still wouldn't be shocked if at game four or game five he hits four three pointers in the first quarter
1: yeah and malone kind of talked about that today in terms of like no one is worried about this little shooting slump that he's going through because, you know, he's a, he's an elite shooter. I think Aaron Gordon said he's got one of the best jumpers of all time today. Um, and so, yeah, when you've got a shooter of that quality, you just kind of got to live with it. And I think it's, it's much easier to do that when to Tyler's point, you've got Jamal and Joker operating at such a high level. You can, you can survive some of those slumps a little easier than you could otherwise. Um, And we heard, I was sitting in Michael Porter's press conference today, and uh, the young man is not lacking in confidence. You know, he said said, shooting and offense have always come pretty naturally for me. Um, And he said, you know, the shots feel good. He feels like he's just gotten some, uh, you know, nasty spin outs where where shots are real close to going and he's just not getting, you know, the bouncer, the shooter's role. So I I would expect him – um to operate the same to to stick with it and i think the nuggets will will stick with him and write it out i think malone closed his his remarks on mpj and and maybe included kcp in this as well that you know one of these guys is going to have a big shooting game that's going to help us win this championship and i think that's just got to be the belief for everyone in the locker room
0: yeah you know i was going to mention kcp next because you know his defense he was a lot better defensively last night than he was in game 2 so i i think his shooting kind of and again, when you have two guys go for triple doubles, I don't think you worry about it. But um, yeah, I mean, Porter, you know, does he seem does he seem okay like in his press conference? Everything I've seen on TV, he seems like he's still he's still just being himself. Like, I think it probably helps her up 2-1. Yeah,
1: he's... Um, one of the interesting things Aaron Gordon said today before he went on and raved about MPJ's jump shot was um, I think Mike's his own biggest critic. And I think you can sense that where, um, you know, I think in the moment you can kind of read into his body language and say, oh, he's not, uh, he's not feeling great about himself right now. But I think as a whole, he's able to, um, you know, in the moment he might show some frustration, but, you know, today he came back refreshed and he, you know, he was, he was confident in his ability. So I think, I don't, I don't think it's, you know, going to carry over too much longer.
0: He did have one last night where it was, like almost all the way down and came out. So he's, he's got the yips like a golfer, maybe a little bit right now. I kind of, I kind of think that's what's happening. Like, but we, we will see. All right. So let's talk game four guys. Um, You know, w- what do you see from this game? Tyler, I'll start with you. You know, you're going to get another, you're going to get a big punch from the heat again. That crowd's going to be jazzed, but you know, the nuggets just kind of deal with that stuff. So what do you see?
2: Yeah. I would expect the, the, a good shooting game from the heat, obviously, Um, They haven't really had back-to-back bad shooting performances all all postseason. They just kind of seem to miraculously have a a shooting game every other game, at least with uh, above 45% from three. And they shot, I think, 50% in game two, and they shot um, 31% from three last night. A lot of guys, some of their better shooters, went cold. Um, You know, Max Hughes gave Vincent were two of ten combined. Um, Still haven't gotten a great Jimmy Butler game, but I think, you know, the Nuggets deserve a lot of credit for the job they've done in him and it seems like he's definitely not 100 at this point um whether it's his ankle or just tired legs from a long postseason but i think they've got to get more from guys like caleb martin who after a massive series against the celtics just hasn't really shown up a whole lot in this one i he was like their third leading score with 10 points last night and he scored um,
0: eight of those points in like 45 yeah. seconds didn't
2: he <laughs> yeah it, yeah so um, I th- I think they've got to just try to go to the heat, just have to try to go to a bunch of different guys and see what they can get. Um, you know, obviously a bunch of guys played most of the team played pretty poorly last night. Um, you know, even Kevin Love only played like 16 minutes, even though he started. So um we'll see what the Heat have to throw at the Nuggets, but I would expect a close game. Um and we'll see if the Nuggets have any late or another fourth quarter heroics like we've seen them have on the road, you know,
0: at times this season. All right, Vinny, what are you looking for tomorrow? Oh, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, I guess we only have a day in between this time.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a big Jimmy Butler game. Um, not in that I think he's going to have, a you know, a, a huge performance. I think his performance is going to dictate the way the game goes in that um, Aaron Gordon talked about after the game last night, he felt they did a better job of not overhelping. Because, like, in game two, I think – Jimmy have nine or 10 assists in in game two because they were bringing help and then shooters got open. So I think in game three, they found a pretty good level of how much they want Aaron Gordon or how much help Aaron Gordon needs. And I think that answer is probably pretty little. Um, So Aaron can come out and and make life tough on Jimmy early. I think that'd go a long way. Cause I think, you know, Tyler hero is not playing tomorrow night. I think he's already been ruled out unless he gets upgraded overnight. Um, And so I think Jimmy's kind of sensing that his team needs him to have one of those kind of games we saw in the first three rounds of the playoffs, where it's, you know, it's going to be a lot on his shoulders. He played 40 minutes last night, you know, if, if, and I agree with Tyler, that it's probably going to be a close game tomorrow. And if that's the case, they're going to need him to go 44 or 45, I think. Um, So I think it's all about making, making life hard for Jimmy Butler. And I think that could, could tip the scales one way or another.
0: Van Gundy mentioned this on the the telecast, and you really notice it is Aaron Gordon's positioning is amazing. Butler drives, and he is right there every time. Like he is just Aaron Gordon is the unsung MVP of this run because he has guarded so many so many guys, and I think now more than ever, I just really notice how. I mean, Butler just doesn't get by him, and he's right there, and he contests. You know, Butler can you know pivot and up fake and all that stuff and Gordon just stays great. He's, he's been phenomenal. All right, let's do, let's do prediction guys. I'll start first and I will continue my streak of picking the Nuggets. I, I think it's going to be close tomorrow night, but I think they just, they have two guys who can shine in the fourth quarter. And I feel like the Heat only have one and you may get the random Duncan Robinson or Caleb Martin thing like they did in game two, but the Nuggets have just shown me. And I think a lot of people that they just win games like this. And I think they would love a chance to close it out Monday at home. So I'm going Nuggets and a close one to go up 3-1. Tyler?
2: Yeah, it's so weird because I I agree that the Nuggets just seem to find ways to win these games. So of the Heat, this entire (laughs) playoff run. It's so weird. It's like both these teams, it's like, uh, I might pick against them, but they somehow just find ways to win these dumb games. Um, So I think I'll go Miami. I think it's going to be a weird one. I, I really feel like it's going to be just a crazy game where a lot of dumb stuff happens and Nuggets fans are just kind of dumbfounded by the end of it that they lost. Even if they're in control for most of it, I think it could be similar to game two where the Nuggets take a two, three possession lead into the fourth quarter and just some random person on the heat gets hot for three and a half minutes. And that's the game. Um, Cause I mean, I, I still think the Nuggets are going to win this series and maybe probably six, um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami has one last uh, as, as Bill Simmons has called them all season, the zombie heat, if they have yeah. one last uh, appearance out of them and one last great game um, before the nuggets are able to finish them off at some point next week.
0: You know, it, it'll be really interesting how tomorrow's game is called too. Cause last night was super physical in the first half. It felt like they were beating the young out of each other in the first half. And they got a little bit more ticky tacky later, but yeah, we can always play the official game too. Who's going to be at that game tomorrow? But uh, Vinny, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I think, I'm I'm with you, Chris. I think the Nuggets win a close one. I, I'm just kind of thinking like this feels like a poker hand where like the Nuggets have like four potential outs to victory, and the Heat need an <laughs> ace to yeah. to win the hand. If I don't know if I don't play any poker, so that might not have
0: made sense, but it felt right. It, um, it, it was there i think yeah it was there okay. i have played poker 10 years so i don't know but i think it was there yeah okay well let's let's go with it let's, let's go with it. it um
1: we yeah, I, I just think you know mpj kcp bruce brown i think one of those guys steps up returns to their previous form and, and gives you know the joker jamal two-man game a night off no i mean not a night off but to the point where they don't have to carry the offense the entire way and i think that's that's probably going to be enough i think you know, to what you're saying about Aaron Gordon's positioning and not letting Jimmy get by him, as long as he's locked in and engaged, I think he's going to be able to make, make Jimmy work for it. And I think that's the most important thing for the nuggets defensively is just not letting Jimmy get into an easy rhythm. And so I think, uh, I think the nuggets just have more paths to victory and I'm going to go with that.
0: You know, the the flopping was quite amazing last night at times again, too. Like the the heater got some flop. I mean, I know the Heat crowd got mad at Jokic that one time he fell, and then I saw the replay where two guys tripped him. (laughs) So the Heat crowd hated that call, but I think Lowry and Kevin Love tripped him on that rebound, one on each foot, and he just fell forward. But but anyway, all right, guys, good stuff as usual. Uh, We will see everybody back on this podcast probably Saturday evening. It'll be up after game four. Uh, Vinny will have all the coverage from South Beach with uh, Paul Cleese out there. Tyler will have grades. And we'll have all that coverage for you in the Denver Gazette and at denvergazette.com. Guys, thanks for coming on, and we will talk to you again Saturday. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.